What's up, everyone? This is JLP, the host of Mastering Single Podcast, coming to you with this brand new episode. I pray that you had a wonderful week, and I'm praying that your night is going well. On tonight's episode, we're going to continue our series with this third installment, which is as well the finale of the series titled, Which One Do You Choose to Be? Righteous, Perfect, Wicked, or Famous? On tonight's episode, we're going to be focusing on the aspect of famous and as well as perfect. But in between this episode, we're going to briefly go ahead again, talk about wicked and righteous wickedness and righteousness and why it should be our ultimate goal to pursue righteousness and as well as making sure we're living our life according to god's standards amen and so before we go ahead into the episode, I just want to quickly go ahead and remind you all that tomorrow night, I'm going to be having a live broadcast on my Facebook page and as well as on my YouTube channel, JLP Network. You are able to tune in to this live broadcast, which is basically in honor of my newest book, Mastering Singlehood 90 Day Devotional, Whole and Single, The Key to Healthy Relationships. I am looking forward for you podcast listeners to really tune in and to be able to assist me, right, to be able to join me throughout the live broadcast i'm excited to share just a sneak peek of what you can expect from the devotional itself so um, it would be a great pleasure for me to see you there and i just want to encourage you as well if you know any singles any couples newlyweds anyone you know who is in need of this encouragement whether they're married or not please go ahead and share with them this good news that jlp will indeed have a live broadcast tomorrow evening on my youtube channel jlp network and as well as on my facebook page facebook.com forward slash jlp network to receive more information in regards to that make sure that you're following us on instagram our instagram handle is underscore underscore jlp that way you'll be notified as well if we make any new updates but for the time being we're still on for tomorrow at 8 p.m eastern standard time again you can access the live broadcast on facebook.com forward slash JLP Network or on our YouTube channel, JLP Network. And um, from that being said, y'all, I also just, again, would like to um, encourage you also, if you would like to support this podcast, if you would like to support my ministry, you are more than a, you are more than welcome, you know, to give um, whatever amount that the Lord placed in your heart to give, especially the fact that we are indeed um, planning to have an end of year conference. And I hope to see many, many of you there. And so that's going to be exciting. So if you want to truly support this podcast and if you want to truly support our initiative to have this end of year conference, you are more than welcome to give. You can give via our website, JLP Network. When you go to our website, there's a tab that says JLP um, network partners that way you're able to partner up with this podcast and as well as the jlp network ministry and from your giving we're able to use that as well um, to help us to continue to create um you know events such as the end of the year conference and as well as different events and um, different resources to help you whether you're single or whether you're in a relationship or whether you're one that is indeed interested to be married one day for the glory of the lord now let's get into it y'all i'm excited for the third installment of this series and again like i said earlier we're going to be focusing on the topic or the phrase famous and as well as perfect and then again we're just going to go ahead in between as well discussing wickedness and righteousness according to scripture now for tonight i just want to quickly go ahead and start with um perfect and so for tonight we're gonna be going through several scriptures and so if you have your bible and if you have a notepad you are more than welcome to highlight um these key verses 
whatever it is that the Holy Spirit as well just highlights to you as we are just dialoguing together. And so if you guys don't mind, I want us to go ahead and just quickly open our Bible pages to Ephesians 1 verse 4. Ephesians 1 verse 4. And again, we're going to be focusing on perfect as well at this time. And then shortly after, we're going to be focusing on famous. So this scripture, y'all, Ephesians 1 verse 4, it says, For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. The he that they're referring to is God Almighty. So God in himself um, when he created us, you know, he predestined us to be holy and blameless in his sight. God never created us to be evil. God never created us to sin. God never created us to um, be unrighteous, to be unclean. It was always God's plan all along for us to be righteous people. Now, we do understand according to Genesis, because sin entered the world or sin came into the world, our, our, our ancestors, right, our great ancestors, Adam and Eve, sent against God. Now, human beings what happened is that they put on a sinful nature right they began to be born with a sinful nature but however we understand especially in the gospels when we then accept jesus as lord and savior of our lives we become born again believers we become born again and so we have put on a christ-like nature and we choose now to allow the holy spirit to govern our lives instead of allowing our flesh and our you know our own sinful and you know selfish desires to govern our lives and so the reason why i wanted to share this particular scripture is to again highlight to you that according to god according to scripture um perfection is holiness perfection is blameless and this type of blameless, again, is not um, the type of blameless or perfection that the world sees as perfection. But again, um, perfection, according to God, is being holy and being pure according to his standards, right? According to his truth. There are certain things that people believe in the world. You know, it goes completely against God's word. Like, for example, very quick, a lot of people, they don't believe that, you know, um, having sex before marriage is a sin anymore nowadays. They feel as if it's natural. They feel as if it's a normal thing, you know. Um, but according to God's word, that is not, um, that is not right. According to God's word, that's still a sin and whoever is partaking in that whoever is practicing that they still have to go before the lord and confess of that sin and they have to mean it right we know again from scripture if we confess of our sins that god he is faithful and just to forgive us but we ourselves have to acknowledge first and foremost that is sin you know but nowadays a lot of people do not you know acknowledge that to be sin they acknowledge it as you know uh, you know <laughs> it's normal right it's, it's it's whatever and like you know everybody's different you do you i do me i feel as if you know this is not fun for me but perhaps this is sin for you but that's not the case guys you know what's the case for us is that whatever god says is sin period is sin whatever god deems to be righteous period is righteous amen and so i just wanted to go ahead wanted to go ahead and share that with you but what I found very um, significant as well, like I mentioned in the second part of our series, is that righteousness and wickedness 
though they're completely different right for example though a righteous person and a wicked person is different because the wicked person again does everything contrary to god's word god's will god's standards there's still hope for that wicked person when they acknowledge in fact the way that they're living their lives is not the right way to live their lives now when that person is bold enough to acknowledge that and confess it and repent of it god again he is so welcoming to that person the bible even lets us know that heaven is Self, right the host of heaven rejoice even one, if one sinner comes to the lord even if one sinner comes to the lord heaven is more happier that for one sinner that comes to the lord than the 99 um people who are righteous amen and when i you know just meditate on that it reminds me again of this particular scripture if you don't mind please go ahead and open your bible pages to ezekiel 18 verse 20 and this is what Ezekiel 18 verse 20 says, y'all. Ezekiel 18 verse 20, and we're going to be actually reading verse 20 to 23. It says, the one who sins is the one who will die. The child will not share the guilt of the parent, nor will the parent share the guilt of the child. The righteous of the righteous will be credited to them and the wickedness of the wicked will be charged against them verse 21 but if a wicked person turns away from all the sins they have committed and keeps all my decrees and does what is just and right that person will surely live they will not die amen verse 22 none of the offenses they have committed will be remembered against them because of the righteous things they have done they will live Verse 23, do I have, do I take any pleasure in death of the wicked, declares the sovereign Lord? Rather, am I not pleased when they turn from their ways and live? Amen. So this is already telling us again, it is God's will for all to be saved, right? It is God's will for all to be blameless, for all to be righteous. But again, that wicked person, whomever practiced wickedness must acknowledge that they're practicing wickedness. They must acknowledge that wickedness truly is evil, is not right amen and they must as well acknowledge and not only acknowledge but confess of their wickedness and as well as repent and go before the lord letting god knows god know you know what i'm not going to continue on that path that i'm in i'm not going to continue to practice wickedness instead i want to do what is good in your sight i want to do what is righteous i want to become a righteous person so here especially according to ezekiel 18 verse 20 to 23 we see that in fact it is possible for a wicked person Person to become a righteous person and at the same time it is possible for a righteous person to become a wicked person so we do see here that our action matters amen we do see here that our action matters and it reminds us of what james said faith without works is dead now i know there are certain people who will say that we are saved um, by faith through grace alone which is true but at the same time the lord in his word several times more than one instance he says that he is going to judge and reward people according to their works according to what it is that they did while they were on the earth amen and so again we see here that is much wiser <laughs> to be a righteous person than a wicked person and again we want to go ahead and exaggerate once more that perfection according to the bible is the perfection that you should be in pursuit of but not the perfection of the world like i said last time the perfection of the world is very superficial as you can see so many people even on social media they're using so many different filters right to just optimize their appearance to optimize a, a you know a specific portion of their bodies 
um, to be able to try to attain a perfection that is not real, right? It's a superficial uh, perfection that they're trying to attain. But the perfection that God wants all of us to attain, again, is to live a life that is pure and holy before him. Is to do what is right and as well as to be Christ-like. To really model out the life that the Lord lived while he was on the earth. Amen. Now, let's go ahead and talk about famous, okay? Let's go ahead and talk about famous. Because at times, you know, when you hear famous... Most of the time, let's be honest, most of the time we try to, uh, you know, just focus on the negativity of being famous. Sometimes when you find someone to be famous, you feel like that person, you know, a lot of people say that person is stuck up. That person, you know, uh, doesn't treat normal people with respect or as if they have value and so forth. To a certain degree, you you kind of do see that in a way. Um, but on tonight's episode, I also just want to share both um, aspects right, of fame. I'm going to share the negative aspect and as well as I'm going to share the positive aspect according to scripture. Um, if you don't, if you don't mind, y'all go ahead and open your Bible pages to Luke 16. We're going to be reading Luke 16 verse uh, 2 and as well as um, verses 8 to 9. So Luke 16 verse 2 and as well as 8 to 9 says this, y'all. It says, so he called him and asked him, what is this I hear about you? Given an account of your management because you cannot be manager any longer. The master commended the dishonest uh, manager uh, before he acted shrewdly. For the people of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own kind than are the people of the light. I tell you, use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourselves so that when it is gone, you will be welcome into eternal dwellings. Amen. I'm going to read the latter portion of that again. I tell you, use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourselves so that when it is gone, you will be welcome into eternal dwellings. I'm going to pause right there. And so we see there's an aspect of fame that is positive. Um, You know, the aspect of fame that is positive, I would say, is that when someone is well known, more people are attractive to that person based on, again, what they're known for. Um, whether it's because of a gifting that they're known for or whether because of great wealth that they're known for. But we see, especially in particular, according to the scripture, wealth actually gives people opportunities to receive connection. Wealth gives people the opportunity to have friendships. Amen. And so we see here, it is showing us that we can actually use wealth as a tool to gain friendship. Now, I don't want us to see this as a type of manipulation or controlling, controlling tactics. But instead, I want you to see here that it's actually showing us that people are much of value than wealth. I'm going to repeat this again. People are much of value than wealth. So here, according to scripture, and even according to the kingdom of heaven, it is better to have friendship than to have wealth. What do I mean by that? I'm not saying that we should not, you know, um, obtain wealth. I'm not saying that we should not be ambitious enough to, uh, you know, have a a wealthy uh, life and so forth. But I am saying is that it's saying to us that we should not love wealth nor money more than people. And we should not love wealth and money more than people to the point where we don't care about the well-being of of other people. We care more about, uh, you know, our own personal well-being and as well as just, you know, just using the money for selfish motives for selfish reasons let me pause right here let me quickly go ahead and use this example now you may have heard of the amazon owner 
Jeff Bezos. And so for those of you guys who are familiar with him and as well as his wife, you know that the 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 you know his his previous wife and him they're no longer right they went through a divorce but we see that after the divorce that his ex-wife actually donates millions of millions of dollars to different organizations to different um foundations and even to different um businesses and schools and so forth now when she did that she was not just thinking of herself, you know. She, when she went through that divorce with her ex-husband, she was not just thinking to hoard all that wealth, all that money for herself, but instead she was thinking of others. And because she was thinking of others, she ended up having ties with other people, right? She now has, has gained a bigger community. She now has gained a larger following. And she has also gained more friendships. And so this is what the scripture is telling us here. When you have wealth use that as a tool to gain friends but also use that as a tool to not just gain friends here for earth but you know that when you go to heaven you're going to be welcomed by many people in heaven because of the way that you treated them on earth with your wealth the way that you treated them on earth with your possessions amen and so we see this concept of being famous or being wealthy is positive when you're using it again for the glory of the lord and when you're using it again to bless other people and to build friendships to build healthy friendships and to help those who are in need but we see the negative con we see the negativity of that we see the negative and the contrast of wealth right when indeed we are using this wealth to hoard it we are using this wealth to be selfish and we are using this wealth almost to even make ourselves seem as if we are a you know lowercase god you know, and that is completely unacceptable. And at times you will see that in the Hollywood scene is as if people literally start to view themselves as if they're a, a little G God, right? Lowercase God. And at times they will not even stop their, their fans from adoring them, giving that, them adoration, adoration. Maybe on another episode, we're going to go ahead and contrast again, adoration and honoring as well as worship. But nowadays, unfortunately, it seems as if a lot of people are worshiping, worshiping people instead of actually just honoring them. Okay. Now, I want us to quickly now go ahead and read Luke 16 verse 13. And we're still focusing again on the phrase famous. We're still focusing on that. And if you see, as we were reading that, perhaps you even began to brainstorm yourself and say, hey, there seems to be a little correlation between fame and as well as, as wickedness. And if you did seem to have that idea, that's so amazing because I'm, honestly, this is another part that I want to go ahead and further dig into throughout the podcast episode. Now, Luke 16 verse 13, guys, it says this. It says, now... It says, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. I'm going to repeat this again. Luke 16, verse 13. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Now, as I was speaking just quickly there concerning the correlation between fame and as well as wickedness, the correlation here is that when people tend to have the love of, you know a love of money that can in fact plant a seed where you know plant a seed in their heart where 
they only care completely about money to the point where that they don't care about how they treat other people to the point where that they don't even care about serving the Lord. But now it's just they want to serve. They want to serve themselves, right? They want to serve themselves with their money and they just want more and more of that money. And that is why the Bible says two, right? One person cannot have two masters because it's, 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 it's whether you focus on God more or you focus on the money more. Amen. And so it's very difficult at times for someone to be righteous and as well at the same time to be famous. I believe a person could be successful at both indeed if they have wisdom and indeed if that person is a mature person. This is why at times when you see a young person become famous, they tend to not um, use that fame for good. They tend to actually become worse and worse the more famous they, they get. We've seen this, you know, we've seen this in the lives of several celebrities who were young. What happened when they became famous, when they went on to, onto the top, right? When they went ahead um, of, of their time, when they receive many accolades ahead of their times and so forth many of them the fame came over their heads right got over their heads and they started to act you know as if they were mightier than thou and so forth and they started to just act as if they were born famous act as if they were born rich which then drove them to live a lifestyle of sin right or live a lavish lifestyle to the point where they didn't have respect for their elders they didn't have respect for people and so forth and so this is why there's a correlation there seems to be a correlation there um with being famous and as well as wicked um if you have fame but yet you don't have wisdom and maturity that fame could actually provoke or push that person to do things again that goes contrary to the to the standards of god and as a matter of fact we see this even in the biblical um example here when they came to the story of the rich man and Lazarus let's go ahead and quickly go ahead and read that um it's coming from Luke 16 verse 19 to 21 <clears throat> we're gonna be reading Luke 16 verse 19 to 21 and as well as Luke 16 verse 25 to 30 so Luke 16 verse 19 to 21 y'all it says there was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen and lived in luxury every day at his gate was laid a beggar named Lazarus, covered with sores and longing to eat what fell from the rich man's table. Even the dogs came and licked his sores. All right, let's continue now to Luke 16, verse 25 to 30. Luke 16, verse 25 to 30, y'all, it says, but Abraham replied. All right. So Abraham replied to the, uh, to the rich man, son. Remember that in your lifetime you receive your good things, while Lazarus received bad things, but now he is comforted here and you are in agony. And besides all this, between us and you, a great chasm has been set in place so that those who want to go from here to you cannot, nor can anyone cross over from there to us. He answered, Then I beg you, Father, send Lazarus to my family, for I have five brothers. Let him warn them so that they will not also come to this place of torment abraham replied they have moses and the prophets let them listen to them no father abraham he said but if someone from the dead goes to them they will repent all right verse 31 
He said to him, if they did, if they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be convinced. Even if someone rises from the dead. Hallelujah. Amen. What I found fascinating about this scripture is that, especially this uh, biblical example, is that the Bible doesn't deem it to be a parable. So this was actually a, a real account that Jesus was saying in the um, the Gospel of Luke. There was literally a man named Lazarus. And this Abraham is the same Abraham who is Father Abraham, right? The father of all nations. Amen. And so here is showing us again the contrast between uh, the person with high esteem, right? The person that is rich, famous, and the one who seems to be poor or righteous, okay? Um, and so we see here that it seems as if those who are rich on the earth, most likely they are not going to be in heaven. Now, when I say this, I'm not saying that every rich person or famous person on the earth will not make it to heaven. But however, if you remember even Jesus himself in Matthew 19 verse 24, even Jesus himself in Matthew 19 verse 24, he said that it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. And the reason being, the reason why Jesus himself said this again, like we said earlier throughout the podcast episode, often people who are wealthy and who are famous and are rich, their main focus is on their wealth, their fame, and their richness. Their focus is not on God's kingdom. Their focus is not on Jesus Christ. And that's why, sadly, many people in these industries, such as Hollywood, many people um, in the industries such as, um, you know, again, entertainment, music, even the sports arena, right? Back, those who play basketball, football, and all of that, is as is as if that they're so focused on their fame, they're so focused on their accomplishments, they're so focused again on uh, the attention that people give them, they're so focused again on their wealth that they're not focused on god's initiatives they're not focused on the kingdom of god they're not focused to use the riches that they have to build up god's kingdom instead they're focused on building their enterprise and their empire on the earth amen and so that is why even jesus being the son of god god himself he said that it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of god because the person who is able to enter the kingdom of god is the person who walks with the lord is the person who has given their lives to god that is the person who is able to make it into the kingdom of God. And so if a rich person is a person who is walking with the Lord, then that rich person indeed will enter the kingdom of God. But if this rich person is someone who is walking according to their flesh and is doing life the way that the, the world deems fit, then that person is truly, you know, not likely for them to enter the kingdom of God. And again, I want us to, you know, really pay attention to that. I don't want us to take this message and, and to feel as if, you know, you know, God does not want us to be wealthy. God does not want us to um, have high esteem. That's not at all. You know, that's not at all scripture, because in fact, even when you you read again verses such as Jeremiah 29 verse 11, God says, he has planned to prosper you, not to harm you. Prosper to prosper is to be in, in good standing. Right is to have uh, blessings. It's to not have lack. It's to be able to have all your needs, supplies, and met. Amen. For the glory of the Lord. But what it is important for us to pay attention to again is to not let that wealth, not let that esteem dictate us, not let that wealth, that money, or whatever become our God, become our idol. We must always prioritize to put God first. 
even when it comes to our money. When we are wealthy or when we are um, doing well financially, we still need to understand that we must bring God what belongs to God. Jesus himself, he said to the disciples, when the the teachers of the law were talking about, you know, um, whether he was going to pay the taxes and so forth, right, to Caesar. He said, give Caesar what is Caesar and give to God what is God. What belongs to God? God says that we should give 10%, right, to him. Amen. We should give of our first fruits to him. That belongs to God. And that is something that we should do, whether we are, again, making six figures or not, because he is worthy of it. Everything belongs to the Lord, the heaven and the earth, the fullness thereof. Amen. Hallelujah. Very quickly, y'all, I want to go ahead and just share a few scriptures coming from uh, the wisdom of Solomon, coming from Solomon himself. And as a matter of fact, again, I want to strongly recommend you to go ahead and read the book of Ecclesiastes because it does a great job as well, highlighting to you the contrast between um, the righteous and the wicked. And as well as to show you why, in fact, this very life is vanity and meaningless apart from God. And um, to be more specific, I strongly recommend you to read Ecclesiastes verse, um, not verse, but Ecclesiastes chapter five, verse nine. During your quiet time, right? During the time that you are able to very much so, you know, concentrate and read the word of the Lord. I want you to go ahead and meditate further and read Ecclesiastes chapter five, chapter five to nine. You can read it throughout the, the weekend or the new coming week. Amen. But for tonight's sake, I just want to go ahead and read a few scriptures from Ecclesiastes chapters uh, 5 and 9. And as a matter of fact, let's quickly go ahead and read Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verses 10. Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verses 10. This is what it says, y'all. It says, He who loves money will not be satisfied with money, nor he who loves wealth will his ink will with his income this is also vanity he who loves money will not be satisfied with money nor he who loves wealth with his income this is also vanity and that is so true y'all you will see people though they have wealth they though they have great again a great esteem great honor and so forth they're still unsatisfied with it don't you ever like you know go through certain news articles and you see this person they're wealthy they seem well off they seem to have a decent family right a loving family and then all of a sudden they just throw that all away and they end up just committing this adultery and that ends up breaking up the family and all of that and you're saying to yourself how does somebody let that happen i mean you've had an amazing wife or husband you had amazing children everything was all set for you and now this happens and so this is exactly what solomon is talking about here in ecclesiastes 5 verse 10 is like at times the more money that people have the less satisfied that they are with it they want to keep having more and more and more but it's like that longing that's within them is never satisfied and that again is because only god is able to satisfy us and as you read Ecclesiastes, the entire book, you will see that's the main theme that Solomon is, is really bringing forth in that book is that nothing satisfied except God. Nothing satisfied except God and except the peace of God. To the point where he even shows you that even wisdom itself, you know, wisdom, just like book knowledge and just knowing things is not enough unless God indeed is the center of one's life. Let's quickly now, y'all, go ahead and read Ecclesiastes 
Let's quickly go ahead now and read Ecclesiastes chapter 6, verse 1 <clears throat> to 2. Ecclesiastes chapter 6, verse 1 to 2. I'm pulling it up on my end here. Give you one moment, y'all. So Ecclesiastes chapter 6, verse 1 to 2, y'all, it says, I have seen another evil under the sun, and it weighs heavily on mankind. God gives some people wealth, possessions, and honor so that they lack nothing their hearts desire, but God does not grant them the ability to enjoy them, and strangers enjoy them instead. This is meaningless and a grievous evil. That's so true. Here it is again. So basically what Solomon is saying here in Ecclesiastes chapter 6, verse 1 to 2, is that even though someone could have all the wealth that they, that they could desire, right? They still end up not being happy because, again, the, the, the Lord is not in their lives. And God does not give them that joy, right, to enjoy their possession. Because the only way they're able to enjoy their possession is, again, if God is Lord of their lives. And so it's important, even when it comes to the goals that we have, whether it is financial goals, spiritual goals, uh, you know, you name it. Whatever goals you have is so important and key to make sure that they do not outweigh this goal, which is to, again, put God first in your life. Ask God to be Lord of your life making sure you're praising and worshiping the Lord more than anything. As, as a matter of fact, we're not even supposed to be worshiping anything except the Lord. Amen. But it becomes so easy, so easy for us as people to worship our possessions, right? To worship our wealth more than the Lord if we're not careful. And this is, again reminds us of what we re previously read. That we cannot have two masters. It's either we love one or hate the other. Even though hate is a strong word, what the Bible means by that is that truly you're going you're gonna to pick money or God. You know, you're not going to be able to pick both. You're going to pick either money or God. You're going to pick to love money or God. And sadly, many times through our actions, it shows us as if we're picking money or we're picking even people, right? Or we're picking even the ways of this life more than God and more than the ways of heaven. Amen. All right, y'all. Let me just quickly go ahead and share these few more scriptures with you. And we're going to just wrap it up. Call it a night. I pray that you have enjoyed the series thus far. Please let me know on Apple Podcasts if you were blessed by this series, if you learned something new and how the series has been challenging you. Now, guys, let's go ahead and quickly open our Bible pages here to Proverbs 30, verse 8 to 9. And again, this is Solomon. Proverbs 30, verse 8 to 9. And again, um, I'm going to go ahead and share one more from, actually two more from Ecclesiastes. But let's go ahead and quickly just bring our Bible pages to Proverbs 30, verse 8 to 9. All right. So Proverbs 30, verse 8 to 9, it all says this. <laughs> Keep falsehood and lies far from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches, but give me only my daily bread. Otherwise, I may have too much and disown you and say, who is the Lord? Or I may become poor and still and so dishonor the name of God. My goodness. My goodness. Wow. Let's go ahead and read this again. 
keep falsehood and lies from me give me neither poverty nor riches but give me my give me only my daily bread otherwise i may have too much and disown you and say who is the lord or, or i may become poor and still in dishonor the name of my god now if if you've read that scripture before especially the part where it says but give me only my daily bread perhaps what came into your mind is what jesus said in the gospels when he said the lord's prayer right when he said give us our daily bread and as well jesus himself being god he said that man cannot live by bread alone but by every word that comes out of the mouth of god and so this daily bread that jesus was saying in the lord's prayer is in fact the word of the lord and so solomon here being the wisest person on the earth during his time he says but give me only my daily bread he's saying this to the lord his wisdom allowed him to realize in this life there is nothing that can actually satisfy except for God's word. Again, except for God's word, God's presence, and God's will. Amen? Because he already sees that a lot of riches, right? A lot of wealth is not enough. <laughs> he sees that poverty as well is not the answer either. Now, this is these are the two extremes at times we as people on the earth, we often try to choose one and cast down the other. But Solomon because of his wisdom, he realized poverty is not the answer and neither riches is the answer. But instead, what's the answer again is the daily bread of God. It is the presence of God. It is the word of God. It is the will of God. And this is what Solomon was asking the Lord to give him. And this is so important for us to really just understand, to hear this from the wealthiest and wisest men during his time telling us this through God's word. In Proverbs 30, verse 8 to 9, that speaks volume. That speaks volume indeed. And I love this part as well. The latter part of verse 9. He says here, he says, Or I may become poor and still and so dishonor the name of my God. Wow. So Solomon here is showing us, again, committing sin. We as, as believers, right, when we sin, Especially when we do not again confess of our sin and stop sinning and, and instead repent. If we don't choose to repent and so forth, we are dishonoring the name of God. One of the names of God that we have been given is again the name Christian, right? Yes, Christian is not the name of God, but we know the story. We know the backstory of the name Christian. It was given to us because of the name Christ, Jesus Christ. When they started to see the apostles and the way that they were living their life, they see that it was so like Christ. They said, look at these Christians. And so that is the name of Christ. That is the name of God in a sense. And so we as believers, as Christians, when we're living our lives just like the world, we are literally dishonoring the name of the Lord. And so we have to be careful as well in the ways that we handle money and the ways that we handle responsibilities and the ways that we handle the positions that the Lord has given us. Because if we handle it poorly, we will be dishonoring the name of God. And this is why we need the Holy Spirit to, to govern our lives. And this is why we need to, again, meditate on God's word day and night to know what his good will is in order for us to remain in the narrow path. Amen. As I began to close, y'all, let's go ahead and quickly read Ezekiel. Let's go ahead and quickly read Ecclesiastes 
chapters 8 verse 12 to 13 and we're going to be closing with ecclesiastes chapter 9 verses <clears throat> excuse me ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse 1 all right all right, guys, let's quickly go ahead and read Ecclesiastes chapters 8, verse 12 to 3. All right. Ecclesiastes. All right, y'all. Ecclesiastes chapters 8, verse 12 to 13 says, this is what it says. This is what the word of the Lord says. Let's go ahead and read verse 12. Although... A wicked person who commits a hundred crimes may live a long time. I know that it will go better with those who fear God, who are reverent before him. Verse 13. Yet because the wicked do not fear God, it will not go well with them and their days will not lengthen like a shadow. I'm going to read it again. Ecclesiastes chapters 8 verse 12 to 13. Although a wicked person who commits a hundred crimes may live a long time, I know that it will go better with those who fear God. Who are reverent before him verse 13 yet because the wicked do not fear god it will not go well with them and their days will not lengthen like a shadow again as i mentioned we're going to go in between with the wicked and the righteous seeing the contrast here as well and perhaps when you read those two scriptures you're like huh that don't make no sense so how in the world uh you know the wicked person could commit a hundred crimes and yet they they seem to like live a long time and here again you see the writer of this this passage is saying in verse 13 but their but their days <clears throat> he's saying but their days will not lengthen like a shadow that don't make no sense and you may say well these are contradicting scriptures right or verses no it's not my friends i'm explaining to you what this is saying right there so basically the scripture right ecclesiastes chapter 8 verse 12 to 13 it's it's acknowledging, yes, it seems as if those who are not even believers of the Lord, it seems as though those who do not live according to God's standards, despite the way that they're living, some of them, most of them, it seems, they have a long life on their earth, right? But then when you read verse 13, it says, and their days will not lengthen like a shadow. When you see a shadow, what does it look like? When you look at a shadow on the ground or on the wall, it seems like never-ending, right? It's like that shadow is stretched far and wide. What it's saying here is that they, yes, they may live a long life on the earth, but that doesn't mean that they're going to have an eternal life. An eternal life is a life that's never-ending. An eternal life is like a shadow. You don't, you don't really see where it ends at times, right? It just, it just goes down and down and it's just very wide in length. So this is saying here that no matter how long the wicked person lives on the earth, that wicked person could live for 95 years. In the eyes of God, that's very short because eternity is limitless. Eternity is forever. Amen. Eternity is infinity. That life never ends, but the life of the wicked is cut short. Though they live 95 under earth, the righteous person will live in infinity. <laughs> they will live an amount of, uh, of, of years that is uncountable. You can't count it, you know, and, and that's truly hope for the righteous. But again, I said for the wicked, for the sinner, they still have hope. All they must do is acknowledge their sins before the Lord and repent of their ways. And as we read earlier in in not Ecclesiastes, but in Ezekiel 18, God will credit their righteousness and they will live. 
the Lord says. Because again, he says in Ezekiel 18, he says, he does not take pleasure in the wicked, you know, going down that way. He doesn't want to cut their lives short. His will, again, is for them to be saved as well. But they must acknowledge their wrongdoings. They must acknowledge their need for a savior. And they may, they must approach God, right, in humility. For us to close, y'all, let's quickly go ahead and open our Bibles to Ecclesiastes chapters 9, uh, verse 1. One second, y'all, to pull it up here. All right, I apologize. Not Ecclesiastes chapters nine. I'm looking here at. I'm looking here instead. Ecclesiastes chapters twelve verse thirteen. So Ecclesiastes chapters twelve verse thirteen, y'all. It says this. Now all has been heard. Here is the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the duty of all mankind. This is Solomon speaking. He says again, y'all, Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13. Well, not well, but now all has been heard. Here is the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the duty of all mankind. Again, y'all, this man was the richest man during his time. He was the wisest man during his time. And after all his dealings, after all of his life experiences, because again, you know, even though Solomon had much wisdom, Solomon made many of mistakes, which is, <laughs> you know, that's, that's, that's another story for another day. So despite his wisdom, he went ahead and wanted to check out what life was all about, doing what it is that pleased the flesh as well, right? So we know that he also had many wives. He had many wives, but also he had many concubines. And he ended up even even having wives and concubines from different nations, nations that, you know, practice different type of religions and also worship different gods. Solomon ended up worshiping different gods. The son of David, the son of David, who was a man after God's own heart, ended up serving other masters besides Yahweh. And because of that, the Bible even said, you know, God was very displeased with Solomon. But because of God's covenant with David, he still ended up allowing Solomon to build the temple, right? To build the temple that David, because of the sin he committed as well, he wasn't able to build it. But the Lord said, I will let your sons build it. So God allowed Solomon to build the temple anyways, right? But he ended up having two masters, and one of the reasons why he ended up having two masters is because, again, the, the company that was around him, his wives were practicing things that were abomination to the Lord. And this is one of the reasons why even scripture tells us in the epistles, you know, for us to not be unequally yoked. And this unequally yoke, it has to do with whom we have romantic relationships with and it has to do with who we have friendships and even business partnerships with. Amen. And so from his life experiences, from doing all of these dealings and from just searching out the truth, Solomon brought this conclusion. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13. He said, the conclusion is fear God and keep his commandments for this is the duty of all mankind. This is the duty of all mankind. Also means this is the purpose of all mankind. Our purpose, whether, you know, whether that person is again, black or white, whether they're young or old, 
All of us have this common purpose is to, again, fear God and do his commandments. Fear God and live according to his ways. Because at the end of the day, only that is able to give us true joy, true peace, and true hope and give us life eternal. So many people wish they could find the answer to to, to their youth, right? To have a, you know, a youthfulness that will last forever. So many people are looking for the answer that will help them to live a long life on the earth. But the wisest man says this. The way that you're able to obtain this is to, again, fear God and keep his commandments. Don't be focused on living a life long on the earth, but be focused on living a life that is eternal, that's never ending. Amen. And so I hope that you guys were blessed by the series. Thank you so much for tuning in. And um, let me know what you learned from this series. I would love to hear your point of views. I would love to hear your feedback. So please go ahead and leave us a review and a feedback on Apple Podcasts. If you love this series as well, share it with a friend. And make sure you subscribe to the Mastering Single Podcast. Make sure as well you're focusing on as well our youtube channel because we're gonna go ahead and continue to post new videos on there to be able to encourage challenge and inspire you to live life to the fullest and remember i would love to see you tomorrow night during our live broadcast as i speak a little bit about mastering to good 90 day devotional what you can expect on that and remember y'all all things are possible with christ jesus until next time peace out take care